just just do do what I've said the whole we have a huge trash problem all over the world. Just jettison all of the space. All right. Including trash people. Now that we've gotten through that, I'm gonna start actually recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I'm so glad none of that was recorded. Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Taco. I'm Chris with Nate. He's the one that doesn't have a physical form. Um <laughs> I am I am unknowable. Unknowable. Is it, yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Um Yeah. How's everybody doing? It's been a while. It's 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 uh, you know, life. Life happen happens. It's fucking annoying sometimes but i'm okay with it i'm okay with the annoying two lemons demand to see life's manager don't make lemonade make <laughs> combustible lemons <laughs> um still but uh, portal and portal 2 are still a perfect trilogy <laughs> god damn we'll never get three um yeah, Nate, how you been? Everything good? We we got we got good podcast life. No no game. I don't know. We playing games. I'm not playing games. I, I'm playing a game. I'm playing games. I'm watching cool stuff. Some on really the interwebs. I can I um, say how happy I am, um, because we can't can't convince Dave to do it. It he, he won't do the week to week. I'm so happy that you are watching week to week. We did it with WandaVision. You're doing it with, with Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm hoping. You did watch Friday's episode, right? Yes. All right. Um, I'm so happy that you are doing that because I know in the past you have not the, been the biggest fan of the week-to-week. -week I'm of... not. I wasn't the fan of week-to-week -week stuff until I realized that something could be this good week-to-week. -week. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's enough. Back in the days of the 30-minute TV episode where every episode had to end with like a weirdo cliffhanger that you kind of always expected. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of TV that I hated so much because I knew every episode was going to end with a cliffhanger just to get me to watch what was going to come up next week. And, and I, I don't mean, like it, that in, because, uh, well, because there was so little substance in the episodes themselves. It yeah. was all just a build up to that cliffhanger and then a season finale. Like that was the entire purpose of sitting through like, what was it like? 24 episodes of the walking dead to get to a season finale is just to get to the season finale nothing else before that mattered well i'll give them at least they, those are usually at least 40 some 40 45 minute episodes and uh, the amc amc shows a lot of shows don't hit the the 45 minute mark um but that's the one i love the fact because we technically to a certain extent it's the same with falcon and winter soldier it's just we get 50 plus 52 to maybe more minute episodes. You get a whole story, story arc yeah. in there. If you want to throw... You might as well throw the fucking spoiler screen up, because we're going to talk about it. No, no, no. We're going to... I think... Uh, I, mm, I haven't been able to make one, because I can't find a good high enough quality image. Of... Put a big-ass spoilers thing on the screen. All right, let me find the spoilers picture. Um, uh, hold on. Was it this? It was that. But then I'm going to put a word over it that says... <laughs> a different thing in not WandaVision spoilers. Uh, <laughs> text. New text. Um, the font is Impact. We're going to make it Impact font. Because everybody loves Impact font. Um, okay. Falcon. And. Bucky. Spoilers. <laughs> One of them gets respect on their name currently. <laughs> no, I I actually I, I love both of them so much. Oh, 
that's why, because it's white. I don't want white, I want black. Okay. There we go. Falcon, Falcon and Bucky spoilers. This is legitimately the best looking thing I've ever done. Uh, um. <laughs> Let me increase the uh, outline real quick. Make that a little thicker. There we go. Falcon and Bucky spoilers. Falcon and Bucky. Next week, it'll, next time, it'll just have uh, their faces superimposed on top of Wanda and Vision. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, sure. So we are currently three episodes in to what will be six episodes. It's We're already halfway through um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, oddly enough, the last time we recorded, or last time we should have recorded, would have been the premiere episode weekend. Um, I'm kind of okay with us doing halfway through. <laughs> well, we're into it now. We have more content to talk about. Yeah. So, so Nate, we uh, we obviously all loved every like everybody fucking loved WandaVision. Sure, it took three episodes for some people to get into it because they didn't like the just straight up parody remake of the classic white people TV shows. I guess I don't know. Um, how, what do you think about that so far? I absolutely love it um well i can't say absolutely there's one thing i don't like um the show has become kind of a bit of the bucky show where it's like bucky says hey i'm gonna go do a thing and then falcon's like we're, we're not gonna go do that thing and the bucky's like but but we're gonna go do that thing and i kind of already did so you're you're shit out of luck buddy um <laughs> it's been a lot of falcon getting pulled along on bucky's sort of trials and tribulations which hopefully in future episodes they'll correct um that being said they've spent ample time with both characters they've explored the relationship between both characters very early on um and why they're so at odds with each other but still willing to help each other out mm -hmm. um they've gotten into a little bit of i really like that they got into the whole u.s agent thing and a yeah. little bit of the instability that goes on there um, and I like the fact that we're getting characters back who I'm pretty sure most people who watched all the main MCU installments completely forgot about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, it is interesting, um, to see, like, Sharon Carter's one thing. It's Sharon Carter, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I knew she would come back eventually. Uh, I'm glad that they brought Zemo back. Uh, Zemo is is a fucking badass in his own right. So, and that's the thing. It's funny because to me it didn't really stand out, but to Kim watching, she was not a fan of his acting. She felt like more time with him actually made him... It's not that he was doing a bad job at, like, holding a consistent, like, uh, accent and staying in character or anything like that. It was more the fact that she's just not a fan of his acting in general. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um... I I have been loving it. I uh, there was part of me that was worried that I wouldn't be as interested in a not super sci-fi. What's going to happen next? We don't know what's going on, kind of thing. I'm I'm kind of okay with it being. And I mean, I I went into this hoping for like a weird buddy cop show. Um, mm -hmm. and it's it's got aspects of that, but really nowhere near as comedy heavy it is a lot more serious than i thought it would be in in places um 
I loved it is. I, I loved that like you were saying the scene more of the characters lives outside the time we get to spend with Sam and his actual family uh Bucky making some questionable questionable decisions when it comes to clearing his uh making of men's list <laughs> um yeah. you know nothing says making amends nope. like befriending your befriending the father of a kid you killed uh uh-huh. yeah. like hey sorry sorry i killed your son but that was some great sushi bro I'm like <laughs> i will admit i hope I, that that fucking connection is going to be the the uh unanswered question that i'm going to be pissed off or unended uh, un, unfinished thread um that's going to piss me off like in wandavision with the missing person or the yeah um it's going to be the one thing that we see we know about but nothing ever gets done about it well they have a great opportunity to actually show some real sensitivity in the mcu for once because i imagine like bucky has to because they bring it up not just in episode one obviously with the obvious reveal but in episode three when baron zima reads the notebook mm-hmm. um and it would be great if they just showed, like, <laughs> how utterly soul-crushing that is for Bucky to have to go and face Mr. Nakajima and admit that to him. Yeah. Um, You know, sort of as his, his repentance kind of thing. And who knows, maybe Bucky goes back to jail. But, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, just, just have the man fess up, honestly. Like, show us someone actually following through on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... No, and it, so for me, I, I am a big fan of both of them. Uh, both characters were when when they announced that they were doing the show. I'm like, oh, cool. The two characters that I enjoyed the on screen chemistry they had, the little bit that we've seen of it so far. So I'm perfectly fine with getting an entire, almost six hours worth of content with them. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean the fact that we got in the ending of this in this most recent episode we get the uh <laughs> the re was it the reappearance of uh them fighting over moving the chair forward yeah because that like that moment happened the moment he sits in the back and he's just you're not going to move the chair forward are you and he just no oh yeah <laughs> i'm like oh thank god because <laughs> this is right after a really tense moment of everything happening oh yeah well, it's a it's a credit to the writers to to recall stuff like that, but also to the amount of characterization they give to everybody in such a short amount of time. Um, for example, all we've spent with Sharon and Zima really is this one episode, right? Mm-hmm. You learn Sharon's entire backstory, yeah, um, within a very short amount of time. How she went from being you know top tier shield agent to basically a fugitive. Um, you learn Baron's whole you know, thing besides him just being like crazy fanboy for Hydra. Um, you learn that, you know, he's got, he's got this affinity for classic cars because his family collects them. Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> frankly a fucking baller because he's royalty. I was going to say, like, we find out that he technically he actually is like the moment when he's yeah. like, I'm a Baron Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, no, he's, he's fucking balling. He's got it going on and he's a badass in his own right. Basically saves Bucky, Sharon, and Sam from what was likely a very deadly encounter, <laughs> um, and just just straight up, just straight up a bat a badass up to this point. Yeah. Um. 
but beyond that, I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. We got to the end of the episode. We got the doot 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 doot. The fucking Akoyo beads being laid around everywhere, and then yeah. an appearance of Adora Milaje. So, oh god, I was so happy. Like I looked over, and Kim had that like glee smile on her face. Look, every time I hear that music, I'm just like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And, it's so good. But overall, three three really really good episodes. Um, excited to see where it goes in the next week. Yeah, and uh, what else Marvel has in store for us? Well, and it's it's interesting. So, a lot of things that have been set up within this world so far, or brought into and explored more in the world. One, we just went to in this most recent episode, we went to Madripoor, right? I think is the name. Yes, Madripoor. Which in the DC com or DC in the Marvel comics is a huge part, or he plays huge in the X Men universe. Um, yeah, it's like uh... we're not going to get any X Men stuff. I prom I promise. I'm I'm saying it now. There is no X Men in mm-hmm. Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, the reason I say that is because if it this was supposed to originally come out before Wandavision, and if anything was going to introduce mutants and technically maybe did wandavision did um yeah yeah uh uh well madripoor reminds me actually i believe it was inspired by this so have you ever read or watched any black lagoon um is that the one with the 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 girl with the two guns yeah i watched two episodes and said nah i'm good Anime is not nearly as good as the manga. And yeah. That's not me being a weeb. That's actually just fact. Oh, believe but, me, I've oh. had so many people tell me oh. that the the mm-hmm. manga for One Punch or One Punch One Piece is fantastic. Yes, but um, there's a fictional city in it that a lot of the story centers around called Ra- Roanapore. Um, <laughs> so it's very similar to Madripoor and being sort of this South Asian island archipelago criminal underworld, yeah, central hub kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for that. I like the idea of introducing more fictional places into the world. I mean, we're like what two steps away from just having fucking, uh, oh god, what's the place that Doom, Latveria? No, Latvia. No, it's a fake place. Oh, Doctor Doom is from Latveria. Latveria is a fictional nation appearing in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Latveria. Okay. Yeah. That one. That one is the one Which, that I'm, we're like so between close. Serbia, Hungary, and Romania. Mm. Mm. It's like I, the southern tip of Hungary. I'm always on the tip of Hungary. That means I'm always <laughs> hungry, not not a penis joke. <laughs> um Yeah, I uh I, I could see that not maybe not in this season in general, but like I could see them exploring more of the fictional worlds within uh, within the TV shows kind of get us introduced into them before we just straight up go, okay, hey, boom, welcome, boom, here's this in a movie, boom. To, to Marvel's credit is they're very good at making fictional places seem real, mm-hmm. like they could exist. Like, I think the most, of course there's a super unrealistic stuff, like fucking, like Asgard, right? Like, whatever. Asgard, whatever. But even planets like Sakaar, right? Still feels like it could be a real place. But then you get to places that are actually supposed to be on Earth. And you go to places like Madripoor, and it seems like a place that could 
theoretically exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, super sci-fi. It's not outlandish space or wizard bullshit. It's just a place on the planet that people go to smuggle shit and do bad stuff to each other. And, you know, uh-huh. turns out that's where they make super, uh, super soldier serum. Yeah. That lady got clapped, though. Which lady? <laughs> the uh, Sybil. The one that they oh, went to yeah, the with. fuck? She got clapped. <laughs> like, <laughs> they was like, oh, so we're, she's out there talking all big shit, like typical gangster cro- crime boss stuff, like, oh, you guys fucked up, you know, we found out who you are, and then clap. <laughs> like, ah! So dead. So fast. <laughs> and I, I, I still call bullshit on it, being like, okay, someone murdered her. But people are dumb enough to think that it's uh, it's um, these three, not the person mm-hmm. that shot through a window. Because obviously, they, I mean, they had to. Go. Did they shoot through a window? I think they shot through a window. Whatever. They shot. You definitely hear glass break before the shot comes. So they shot through yeah. a window, and might say excellently played shot right through the fucking heart, Jesus. But <laughs> and it's a professional. Come on. Yeah, but um. Here's the thing about criminals, right? They don't exactly have, like, a forensics team on site. (laughs) It did give me, the moment that all those text messages went out, it gave me um, John Wick vibes. Oh, definitely. Especially with the the bounty and the lighting of everything. I'm like, oh, this is is some good shit right here. I just imagine ending up one of those lists by accident one day and just getting a text message like, one million dollar bounty on such and such. I'm like, okay. (laughs) You're like, cool. I'm not getting that. <laughs> I'll leave that to the professionals. Um, like Leon. Uh, another thing that they introduce in this, uh, which a lot of, this is where a lot of people are. So a big part of the story in general, like you were mentioning that it, you felt like the show's a little bit more the Bucky show. Um, yeah. A lot of the show is going to be dealing with, because it hasn't dealt with it I'd say enough yet, I feel like. Um, but the race thing. the mm-hmm. Is America ready for a Captain America? And then immediately in the second episode, it's like, no, no, obviously it wasn't ready back then. We had a black Captain America, and we hit him. We hit him, we threw him in a jail, um, and Fucking tested on him. So, yay. Isaiah got done dirty. Uh, but he will eat the whole Altoids can at your head if you can. Goddamn, that thing... <laughs> <laughs> two things one in, that was i love that that the the power within that scene was awesome and i like that because you don't he doesn't look like what you imagine like captain america captain america comes out looking all buff and shit coming from a little yeah. tiny boy um he looks like an old man yeah uh and i mean i guess if you think about it old cap kind of has that same thing old cap wasn't big buff boy no yeah i didn't think about but that then- Here's the thing, right, is, is the that episode, too, the whole racism thing, right, is first of all, it takes place in Baltimore. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so, so it takes place in Baltimore. You get the scene with Isaiah, right? Yeah. And that's a callback to things like the Tuskegee experiments and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then right after the Isaiah scene, you get the scene with the cops. Yeah. And I knew it was definitely shot in Baltimore when I saw a police car with the blue stripe on it. So. Yeah. yeah, Kim and I, while we were watching, because I actually watched it twice, watching it the second time, I'm like, that was definitely filmed here. That was not 
just a we're saying Baltimore is not really Baltimore kind of thing. Um, no, it was it was filmed here, and then when they come out of the police station, you notice it is the Baltimore City Police Station. Yeah, yeah. So you you have that, but there's that double whammy of like, okay, we know Isaiah was experimented on, and America didn't want anything to deal with him. Hit him away, locked him up, ran test on him. He got yeah. done dirty. Yeah, and then the cops not letting up on Sam until they realize who he actually is. Like, that's a thing that happens to real black famous people. Yeah. Is, like, they will get harassed by police until the police officers finally realize, like, oh, hey, you're that guy who was in that thing. Or you're that UFC fighter I really like. Or you're this other guy that I really, really enjoy. Like, that has happened to real famous black people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh -huh. it's it's just, like, there and it's present. Yeah, it... Uh... But I also think Sam would square up on some cops in a heartbeat if they try to take Sam. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Like I was like, there. There was a moment where I'm like, put, "Keep the arm away, Bucky. Keep the arm away." Um, no, so it really is like I don't know how much they're going to explore with that because there's already people being like, "Oh, I think they've done it enough. I don't think they need to touch on it anymore." I'm like, "No, no," because that's going to be people that right is like, when is it considered enough? Because you're talking like 400 fucking years of just slavery alone. Like, when is it enough? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, because again, we've talked about this at length multiple times. He, he's going to be, he's going to be Captain America at the end. I, especially the way that they frame the beginning in the fact that they are framing it with the race thing a lot more. I really do think they are going to set him up as Captain America by the end of this. Um, well, I do too, and I think we get a hint of that in episode two when they're at the therapy session in the prison. Mm -hmm. Is Bucky literally tells him like, if Steve was wrong about you, then he was wrong God, about me too. Man, that I I mm -hmm. cried at that moment. Yeah, um, that was that, kind of shit, that was a gut punch and kind of you thing. You can hear Sebastian Stan's voice that little choking up right at the end of the sentence, mm -hmm. where it's like he's really really upset about this. Like he needs to feel like someone has faith in him and that he can change. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. This show, like, I have never been the biggest fan, uh, the biggest Sebastian fan. Stan, wait. Sebastian. You haven't been the biggest Sebastian Stan. Yeah, that's what I was trying. <laughs> what, is, it, what, is it Sebastian Stan? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sebastian Stan fan. Um, yeah, I've never been the biggest fan. Uh, I've liked him as the Winter Soldier, and I've liked him as, well, I mean, Bucky in Winter Soldier, but he hasn't been the main focus, and I'm, I'm happy to see him be as good of an actor as I wanted him, or I hoped he would be when you had to deal with him more often. Uh, like, Anthony Mackie, yeah, duh. Uh, he's fantastic. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, he's he's fantastic. I want to see him in more things. Uh, but I wasn't sure about Sebastian Stan until that second episode, and I'm like, oh no, okay, cool. Yeah, he is definitely he is definitely big enough to hold a series focused on him being one of the two main characters. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing in the second episode. Uh, we're basically fucking this entire episode is just going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier um, <laughs> the so okay first episode ends after we, we've dealt with we've been following both of them we've been following Sam through his life and, and Bucky through what he's kind of life what he's trying to make a life out of um, and in the end we get the announcement hey 
USA picked a new Captain America. Here's some doofy looking white dude. Um, which God, the internet immediately after they showed him off, everybody was like, how do they make him look so unattractive? He's so, un- blah, blah, blah. I'm, like, I'm sorry. He is it's not a matter of him looking unattractive. It's a matter of putting him next to fucking, what's his name again? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yes. Yes. Um, you can put like any man next to Chris Evans mm. and they would look unattractive. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he is, for those that don't know, the guy that is playing, uh, new cap, AKA eventually us agent. Um, cause fuck it. I refuse to call, I refuse to call him Captain America. Uh, he is the son of, oh, fuck, my mind just blanked. Ego. Like, not just the actor. Or not just the, the, the not the planet, the actual actor. Oh, the son of... Kurt uh, Russell. He's Kurt, Kurt Russell's Russell. son. Um, who... Wyatt Russell. At a younger age, Kurt Russell, an attractive man. Um, Wyatt Russell, eh, not so much, in my opinion. Uh mm-hmm. He, he, I don't know, whatever. He just comes off douchey looking to me in everything I've ever seen him in. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of the point, though. Is I know. Well, no. The the reason I was going on this was because of the internet being like, he's such a handsome guy. I'm like, meh, meh. I mean, he's not, he's not horde looking. He looks like an average dude. And <laughs> like, he played be- in a lot of, he's played in roles where he's basically like a greasy, like stoner type guy with a beard and shit like that. Kind of like his dad did back in the day. Um, I mean, Either way, he looks very much like his dad. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of difference there. Maybe the jawline, but that's about it. I mean, he looks... What he reminds me of, honestly, it's funny that he's Captain America now, in large quotation marks. <laughs> he looks very much like the captain of my basic training company looked like when I was in the Army. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um... Oh, so what I was talking about them. Second episode, we actually get introduced introduced to his character. Uh, we've he like big military guy, done all this stuff, rescues people, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, cool, I get it. He has quote unquote put in the work, um, but you well, very of captain the military without putting in the work i'll yeah. just tell you <laughs> you you very quickly within that first episode start to hate him um he doesn't he says the wrong things he acts pompous pompously mm-hmm. he is pompous pomp i don't know words um there's a moment when but, oh in that scene where the cops pull up on on sam and then they realize that Sam's Sam, and they're like, "Wait, but Bucky, you have to go to jail." Um, mm-hmm. And he comes in and be like, "Hey, he's getting released on me." Uh, yeah, you immediately hate him more. Um, yeah. And then when they do finally get out of the station, uh, he's over just at the police car, rev- or revving the siren, putting he, he on the siren. The siren thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I hate this man. Oh, um, of course you do. Because yeah. he's very much like a, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and there's yeah. no repercussions for my actions. Uh, and, like, I was hoping in a little bit, you see it a little bit, his best friend, um, 
because they gave him a black best friend uh mm -hmm. is like to a certain extent his voice of reason and yeah. I, th I think they've done a decent job at making him come off not as horrible um mm -hmm. like it really is my best friend is captain america let me try and keep him doing the right thing to a certain extent uh well, and well, i hope the thing about u.s patriot though is or u.s agent sorry um is his character in the comic books is very very unstable yeah like and you see that already in the in the third episode i think yeah yes. at one point he was called american zealot because he was so obsessed with being recognized in the same way a captain america was mm -hmm. that he legitimately straight up tries to kill captain america at a certain point um and when he's hated for it he honestly can't understand why he's like why do you fucking people hate me like i'm i'm supposed to be better than captain america <laughs> <laughs> um but that that's just a little background on his character anyway he's yeah. he's not supposed to be a likable guy oh no and they very quickly have made him go from a semi-understandable likable person to no i want to punch you in the face um <clears throat> and i i do enjoy people have been pointing out there's a scene in the second episode uh on the during the truck fight when they're all on top of the trucks fighting box trucks fighting um yeah. It's very much showing that he is nowhere near as powerful or as good as uh Steve because he throw there's a point where he throws the one he's throwing the shield not caring that Bucky's in his way being like oh Bucky's out can get out of the way whatever. Um mm -hmm. but the there's another moment where he hits a guy the shield comes back and Bucky catches it with his human hand. Um yeah. <laughs> Yes, he still has singer. He's still super soldiery, whatever. But it really is like, hey, bare hand, grab this. You're a little piece of shit. Uh <laughs> and beyond that, I also noticed that Bucky's dominant hand is not his metal one. Yeah, um, I I never picked up on that until watching this more often. Well, I watched more the third often. episode, and just me being who I am, you know, I I like guns. I shoot a lot of guns. Mm -hmm. Um. Your dominant hand is supposed to be the hand you actually grip a handgun with. Yeah. And then your non-dominant hand is your support hand. And then I noticed in the scene where they're sneaking through the little doctor's lab with the pistols drawn, he's got his Bucky's got his grip with his human hand, and then his supporting hand is the metal arm. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a little weird. And then I realized, oh well, it's not not his dominant hand. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm actually looking at a picture right now, and they're all three right-handed. I say all three as in. Falcon, Winter Soldier, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I keep wanting to say Sasha, but it's not Sasha. I don't know why I want to call her Sasha. Sharon. 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 Sharon Carter. Yes. Sharon Carter. I mean, well, beyond all that stuff, I mean, wrapping it up is we've had three really good episodes. Mm -hmm. In those three episodes, we've had a lot of exploration of these characters, who they are, and where they're trying to go. Um. And again, that's just a, that's just a credit to these awesome Marvel writers and directors. They know how to make good, engaging stories, and they know how to sort of take the comic book stuff and still make that flashy and cool, and you know, be awesome with it, but also ground it very much in, like, I don't have to really suspend my disbelief that much to enjoy these movies, and that's what I really early shows, and that's what yeah. I like. I, I also like, like that you called the movies because they. They really yeah. do feel like, and it it, it kind of makes me feel like um, the uh, the 
Sherlock series where it's like, hey, these are it. There is an overarching story, but you can get a good, full, complete story in almost every episode, and they are like mini movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also they're shot to that level of quality as well, which just adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you no longer have the weirdo, um, the weird disconnect between movie quality and TV quality stuff. Like oh yeah, Shield. Like there's there's a handful of things that you can be like, okay, obviously budget reasons had to be a little bit lower quality, but overall it feels like you're watching mini Marvel movies on your little screen at home. Yep. Speaking of watching movies on the little screen at home, uh, well, two things. One, we hadn't been able to watch the the Snyder Cut since last time we were on here. Where were we? Nope, and I haven't been able to watch it because I don't have an HBO Max subscription. Okay. Uh, I will very quickly, and I think I mentioned this one we were just streaming last weekend or two weekends ago. Um, it is four hours too long no uh it is four hours long it does not in any way need to be four hours long i wish that the snyder cut wasn't the uncut fucking version of his movie i wish <laughs> it was the actual hey, cut <laughs> snyder is actually making his version cutting it where it needs to be not hey here's literally nothing fucking taken out and from what mm-hmm. i've heard there are deleted scenes i'm like what where where did they delete things um it is better than the initial theatrical release. Um, Mm -hmm. There are aspects of it that I really enjoyed. There's actually semi-cohesive storylines that make sense. You get to spend a little bit more time with all the characters that you need to. Because obviously, Wonder Woman has had their own show, has had their own movie. Superman had his own movie. Batman's Batman. You don't need a Batman movie. I would love a Batman movie. I don't need a Batman Origins movie ever again in my life. (laughs) Uh-huh. I don't think we don't need another Spider-Man origin film. And we that's again why film. I like the current Spider-Man run because there are no Spider-Man origins technically. People are I still do not like, need to see Peter Parker sneak into a lab and getting bit by a spider for the 18th time. He didn't sneak into a lab. Okay, well, an Amazing Spider-Man he did. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, an Amazing Spider-Man he did in the original spider-man sam raimi trilogy he just kind of walked in yeah spider x spider got out and bit him and then Um, for miles morales it's not his fault his uncle broke into a lab a spider snuck into his uncle's bag Mm -hmm. and then climbed out and bit him while he was hanging out with his uncle um god miles morales is such a better (laughs) spider-man sorry i can't say that because now i have do I even have any with me over here? I currently have the entirety of the current Amazing Spider-Man run. Um, nice. Because I think that they are finally right. They Peter Parker is being written in a way that I am actually enjoying Peter Parker. And that started with um, Chip Zdarsky's run. Uh, I read I read too many. That's the thing. I haven't been watching as much stuff, even though I'm about to talk about another movie that I watch. Um <laughs> Again, you can't watch it because you don't have HBO Max. I you need to get a friend with HBO Max. That's not me because it's not my account. <laughs> I probably do have a friend, and we may be trading my Disney Plus for his HBO Max. There you go. You got a um, you, mutual jerk off. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I do know that the Snyder Cut is four hours long. I do know that it is 
better critically received than mm-hmm. the original cut of the movie. The original cut of the movie was basically like every bad D&D cam- campaign I've ever played, where it's just like, oh, here are your party members, give each other like five-minute introductions, go kill a big bad evil guy. And you you yeah. did watch the original one, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I hated every minute of it. <laughs> I didn't hate every minute. There are, again, aspects of that aspects of both movies I really enjoyed. Um, there's only one thing from the original that I was missing, and it was we do get a little bit more time with the Flash, or we get a lot more time with the Flash in the new movie, um, or mm-hmm. the the Snyder Cut. In the original movie, though, we got more of a feeling of inexperienced beginner Flash. There's, <laughs> And I, I like that. I like the fact that we had that kind of aspect running for him, because it made sense. He didn't have his own movie. <laughs> um, and we didn't really see anything about his family or his, his love interest, who really we only see for a split second and we don't know who she is if you don't mm-hmm. know comics. Um, that's a whole other point that I'm going to touch on in a sec. Um, but what we mo- or missed was the scene where they first go and save the the people that were abducted by the parademons. Um, mm-hmm. In the original, there's a really nice moment, in my opinion, a really nice moment where Batman talks to the Flash. The Flash is like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't save people. I'm not a hero. I run and I push people and then run away. Um, yeah. And I liked that moment because that's when Batman just looks at him and says, save one person. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? He's like, save one person and then you'll figure it out kind of thing. And I love that because it really is. He does it and he like, it just, he starts to kind of like run through it in his head. Cause one, he's super fast so he can think fast. Um, so it really is him just, all right, cool. He's the one getting him out, getting him out of danger or whatever. In the, in the fucking Snyder cut, it's them walking all of the people that have been kidnapped upstairs, like in this really tall spiral staircase kind of thing where mm-hmm. the flash is literally running up a little bit higher and being like, let's go up this way, running up a little bit higher. We're almost there. I'm like, you can pick them up. Yeah, that was, that sounds like not a great scene. No, the, the, the one save one scene was actually pretty, pretty good. Um, it is that, that scene shows kind of a mentorship that Batman can provide um, to other heroes who are less experienced than he is because Batman knows like, despite being very, very wealthy, I'm just kind of a normal dude who beats people up. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, that That's really all he knows. And you know, it, it is what it is, but the, the original Batman versus Superman movie had already left a, left a bad taste in my mouth. And oh, so yeah. it maybe was, that it was not good. It. Maybe that tainted my opinion of the original Justice League cut. Um, but from what I'm hearing, the Snyder cut is at least... It's worth watching in parts, um, if you can sit down and do that. Yeah, um, I, that was originally... I remember them talking about it being released as like mm-hmm. individual sections. And I think that would have been better. Um, let it be these small little, uh, little vignettes or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Um, yeah. So you could then watch the whole thing in one sitting or watch it week to week uh, or nightly, I guess. Because um, it was it was six parts with an epilogue, which fuck that epilogue. That epilogue was like 
two of the after credit scenes and a whole bunch of shit that was never going to be ever talked about or touched on again. Um, I don't know. Well, it. Ugh. Well, say hi to Weird Wage. He's in the chat. Oh, I waved at them. Oh, okay. Um, she knows I can see her words. I have it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a not good HBO Max experience compared to <laughs> my most recent one. Um, Godzilla vs. King Kong is fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I, I, if you have ever enjoyed any Godzilla movie, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it was very, very well done. It had moments that made me think of classic Godzilla movies. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the series overall, because you, you start with the original Godzilla that they put out, yeah. It was okay. I love seeing Godzilla again. The story was horrible. Whatever. They didn't have the license to any of the other kaiju creatures. They just made Mutos. The one, one and two Muto, whatever. Um, well, it's 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 that perfect melding of American and Japanese monster movie. Mm -hmm. Is you've got like America at the time of King Kong did not have the concept of kaiju. King Kong was a unique concept in the framework of American media when it came out. Which no is funny. one knew what kaiju was at the time, right? I wonder what and inspired... Then... Hold on. Inspired King Kong. Like, I'm just, just curious in general. You keep going. I'm just like... Yeah. Well, if it's... Uh, I just... I just enjoy kaiju a lot. Like, I like seeing gigantic monster fights. One of my favorite video games of all time is based around that entire premise. Rampage? It's called Robot... Oh. No, Robot Alchemic Drive. Oh. Um, very, very little-known game, but hilarious through and through. And literally, the game is just you piloting big robots and beating up giant monsters. Um, and it's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> but it is, you know, from, from Power Rangers to Beetleborgs to... Just any kind of seinen out there, um, to you know, even giant robot on robot battles, things like Gundam and Gridman and uh, Robotech, like all that stuff is Big inspiration o. for this kind of movie. I know, Big um, o's newer, but yeah, yeah, and it's just like you know, just having those two sides of the world bridge that gap and go like, hey, we can put these two larger-than-life personalities in the same movie, have them duke it out and make it really, really awesome. Yeah, arguably the two biggest, most well-known giant monsters. Exactly. I'm trying to think of who else would have been included in that. I can't think of anything. Unless you're going in, like, the Jolly Green Giant. Or, uh... Paul Bunyan is technically a kaiju. <laughs> Grape Ape. Grape Ape is technically... <laughs> oh, Grape Ape is technically a, a kaiju, and so is Clifford. Clifford the Big there's, Red Dog. There's our next movie right there, Clifford versus Godzilla. Uh, well, Clifford the Red Big Red Dog is getting a live-action movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's been put on hold. The Big Red Dog movie. Uh, let's see. Any new information about that? Oh, there's a first look. It's huge. Um, it's, it's supposed to come out this year. Who's oh, in it? Man. Oh, Keenan Thompson. Of course Keenan's in it. <laughs> Keenan, why are you taking these deals, man? man You're Keenan, better than this. Ke Here's the thing. Like he said, because the people have talked, there's a there's a skit on 
on SNL where he's like, why are you still around? And he's like, I got a family, man. <laughs> oh, Keenan, you're better than this. Is he, though? He is. He just he had such a crap burger. He had good burger. He had Fat Albert. No. Get the fuck out with Fat Albert. That was not a good movie. I didn't say it was a good movie. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm saying that he was in bad movies. Oh, Good Burger is a fantastic movie. Uh, he was in The Mighty Ducks. He had his, he he is in my opinion the longest running SNL member because I count his, his his well one he is actually the longest member of SNL but I count him starting on SNL when he was back on all that he started on all <laughs> that never stopped kept going well, all the way he's been in great skit comedy shows I mean he was holy he shit Keenan's forty two he broke off with Keenan and Kel yeah they're old man I didn't that makes me feel you got to remember all of that had Rosie O'Donnell on it. No. Who was that girl? <laughs> I don't know. Looks like Rosie O'Donnell. Lori Beth Dimberg? I guess. What was Rosie? Rosie O'Donnell was on something on Nickelodeon. Hold up. <laughs> I'm so glad that this is being recorded. Shut the fuck up. I don't know. <laughs> Who's she on? Uh... Sesame Street? Longtime host of the Kids' Choice Awards. Also started in Nickelodeon's first film, Harriet the Spy. Yeah, Harriet the Spy with uh, the the one that did is, she's, I think she's doing better. I don't know. Is there an update on um, Amanda Bynes? I don't know. This podcast used to be about games. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Amanda Bynes. Well, like, she's 35. That makes sense. All right. Uh, I don't know. She's She's been in a relationship for the same couple of years now. Oh. Oh. No. No, wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. Never mind. I looked up. I clicked on the link for her, her husband or partner. And mm. it took me to this really old man. But then I looked at the really old man and he died in 2011. I'm like, okay, I don't think it's the same guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Google well, might need to fix things. The last thing she was in was Easy A back in 2010. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she took a turn. Her and um, the other one. Uh... Is that a tattoo? That's got to be a tattoo on her face because now it's in multiple pictures. Yeah. She's got a heart tattoo on her face. Yep. And a septum piercing. This girl went Whoa. from hey, Hollywood, right. California to Dundalk real fast. First of all, don't do septum piercings. Um, they... I mean, I'm not, but... Like, do you know a girl from Dundalk who doesn't have one now? I don't know anybody from Dundalk, really. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> also, that is a very... <laughs> That's very... Hey, if you're from small. Dundalk and you're watching or listening to this podcast right now, fuck off. <laughs> no, some people leave Dundalk. What is a Dundalk? <laughs> Dundalk? <laughs> Dundalk is an area in Maryland that you don't want to spend much time in. Because it always smells like shit. Dundog. I love Dundog. Dundog is my new favorite. I want to remake, because I'm pretty sure that you know how they have those shirts like Baltimore. Uh, I, I think they have a Dundog one with the Twin Towers in the back. You know what Twin Towers mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Um, yes. Twin Poopy Towers. <laughs> uh, Dundog. Okay, it's Dundalk. D-A-L-K. It's all one word. D-U-N-Dalk. Um, Dalk. 
that does sound dun a dun I like Dundog, Dung Dog, Dundog. That actually works. Ew, ew, why? Ew, why? <laughs> I exactly. don't know. No, we why. didn't name this shit. Dead people did. I actually know why that place exists. It was originally a workers' community, but no, it's more of the fact that the name, the name, as she's saying, it's an awful name. It's true. It is an awful. It is name. an awful name. Awful people come from the place. With no, the awful name. some people are. They're awful people from everywhere. You can't say awful people are coming from this place because, like, you look at Eagleton. Eagleton, horrible place. Horrible people. Pawnee, wonderful people. Yes, I just made a Parks and Rec <laughs> joke, <laughs> and I don't know how many people would ever get that because it's an old show. And it was before we knew how horrible a person that Chris, uh, nope, what's it? The bad Chris. Who's the bad Chris? Chris. Because Chris Evans. Yeah, Pratt. Pratt's a piece of shit. Why is he a piece of shit? Oh, we won't go into that. I remember he said some stuff, but I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, we just, you just need to know he's not a good, not a good person. He's one of the people that, um, is going to benefit from learning that if you, open your mouth you lose your job with disney didn't he say he didn't like the gays or something yeah uh i don't know if he's outright said it but he is very supportive of his church that does hate the gays get fucked chris brett <laughs> not in a good way yeah so the two the top the chris list ignoring me obviously you can't have me on the list uh you got you got uh evans pine the, the the Thor one. <laughs> Hemsworth. Thank you. Okay. Chris, Chris Thorworth. Um, I forgot. Where the fuck were we talking? What were we talking about? Oh, Godzilla. King Kong versus Godzilla. Great movie. Good movie. I highly recommend it if you like Godzilla yeah. movies. Um, I cried. Five out of seven tacos. I laughed. Um, what about five out of seven tacos? That is. <laughs> why would we do seven? <laughs> listen and why am i actually okay with that because it's it's a is seven a prime number yeah uh, seven's a prime number oh i didn't know that i don't know anything about i'm math illiterate divisible by itself and one and that is it oh i mean technically it can be divided by anything it just doesn't divide evenly it divides well, no. yeah it divides into whole numbers by itself yes. in juan in Juan. In Juan. Um, anyway. So moving Nate, on. Nate, what have you been watching? <laughs> um, I watched the last couple episodes of Skate the Infinity today. How is that show? Oh boy. It is great. It is... Emotional? Emotional, definitely. Can I ask... Rather emotionally heavy for a shonen anime. Can I ask, is it air gear with skateboards? No. Mm. Doesn't get into the ridiculousness that Air Gear does. Um it's still sure. very much still very much focused on skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um but the last couple episodes, without spoiling too much, are very heavy. You get a resolution of a conflict between the two main characters, which people were waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. They did an episode nine point five, which was a recap filler episode. Yeah. Couldn't even watch the whole thing. Because I had watched everything up to that point. Like already, and it yeah. was so fresh in my mind. It didn't matter. That they had... The recap episode has some unique lines of dialogue in it. Doesn't really add anything to the. Doesn't story. reframe anything in the plot or anything. So, and that's no. the thing. So, the two main characters are the two boys with different yes. hair color, right? You have Reki, who is 
Japanese skateboarder, aficionado, and, and then fanboy. the snowboard boy. And then you have Longa, who is Canadian and Japanese. Um, his mother's Japanese. His father was Canadian, and I say was because his dad's dead. Oh, I thought you were going to say um, he left Canada years ago. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> his dad died, and that's why he ended up moving to Japan with his yeah. mom. Um, um, so what? So, sorry, what you just basically described was what if we did a shonen, but we actually built up the relationship between the two main characters instead of just being like they hate each other, they're enemies, mm -hmm. they're frenemies, just from the beginning. Yeah. No, they very much are. They're kind of like the sweetest, like, like team of best friends you'll see in an anime. Honestly, um, they ended up getting along pretty much right off the bat because Langa is very cold and distant and withdrawn, being, you know, uprooted from Canada. His dad yeah, just died. Yeah, it's cold in Canada. Um, <laughs> well, Reki kind of you know helps him get sort of his spirit back by teaching him to skate. Um, so Reki serves as a mentor early on. There's a moment in the anime, the pivotal moment in their story arcs, where Langa becomes such a great skateboarder that Reki starts to get jealous of him and sinks into a rather deep depression over it. Mm. He feels like he's inadequate. He feels like he's kind of failed because he's been skateboarding most of his life. And he also But is. Langa is on a whole different level. Um, and... The, basically, the overall theme of the anime is do what you want to do because it's fun. Like, despite the anime centering around an illegal underground skateboarding competition, yeah. the the message that the anime leaves you with at the end of it is, like, do it because it's fun. Reki learns to skate because it's just something he thoroughly enjoys without yeah. worrying about competing against anybody. He still has a competitive spirit and still very much wants to, like, kick Longa's ass an actual race but he's like you know i'm doing this because skating with you is more fun than skating alone so what um, you basically are describing to me the plot like the that overall like this is enjoy things do things because you enjoy them that's the same thing i've been telling you for years with video games Nate. <laughs> listen listen i'm getting to that <laughs> <laughs> i was getting to that and that's why this anime legitimately like hit me in the feels over and over again Yes, it's a message that people need to learn. Unfortunately, it's solved a lot faster in 12 episodes of a fucking anime than it is 32 years of a lifetime. <laughs> so, you gotta learn to love the things you love and not have to worry about competition, Nate. But, no, I, I, I love this anime. It is a thorough and complete story through and through in 12 episodes. It is endearing. It is wonderful. A lot of the people who worked on Free worked on this anime. I haven't oh. watched Free yet. Well, that's, um, that's, yeah. It definitely breaks into that, like, Bishonen free territory of these are all very pretty boys doing very cute things with each other. Yeah, the um, But it doesn't go as far as Yuri on Ice, so. The, the guy with the glasses, right? The guy with glasses, yeah, he wears, like, uh, a... That's Cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, it's, it's great that they have all these different guys in this anime, because it being a shonen anime, it has really really good portrayals of different male archetypes mm -hmm. and they're all a little fucked up in their own way but also very very healthy in their own way they embrace who they are except for toxic um, masculinity guy who you meet in the first episode right are you talking about uh shadow the Is guy with the face paint who's the one that throws the like explosives yeah that's yeah. Shadow. Okay. So Shadow actually isn't toxic masculinity guy you find oh. this out in a couple episodes in he works his day job is he works at a flower shop Oh, um, that's awesome. And at the player's shop, he's very mild-mannered. He has a huge crush on his manager. Um, 
and he's generally really a nice guy. It's only when he comes to these S races that he sort of strips down that personality and does like this kiss type makeup and this very metal look because in a way he feels kind of emasculated by his daily life. And this is his release from that. He puts on this tough guy image to hide the fact that he is really just a gentle, nice dude deep down. Um, so yes, it is a little bit toxic masculinity, but not in the way that he's just kind of a heel the entire show. Um, he races for his own reasons. He's out there to everybody who participates. Has and it's a, because a they have a reason. And it's like, that's good because they are participating in an illegal skateboard race that has cost people their lives down an abandoned mine shaft. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, are all the races in the same mine shaft that they aren't moved around to other places? They are until the very last episode. Um, where the main villain, Adam, picks a special course for him and Langa to do their last race one. And Adam's whole stick was getting Langa to race against him because he believes Langa is the Eve to his Adam, somebody who can only enter this special zone um, that Adam occupies, that he feels completely isolated and alone in because he is the best skateboarder. When they say the zone, they're very much talking about like being in the zone like an athlete does. Okay, not like this in the episode they're not trying to <laughs> grind a rail no. all the way up into the sky no okay cool um but he is he very much feels alone and isolated in this world and even adam like the main villain has a tragic backstory in it himself he's in a very affluent family groomed to be a politician since an early age by three very abusive aunts of his um and so he's he's got his own thing going on and the message, the way they basically defeat sort of the final boss of this anime is teaching Adam to have fun skateboarding again. <laughs> like, stop being a dick to everybody. Stop hitting people in the face with skateboards, please. And just enjoy skateboarding for what it is, like everybody else who's here to do it. Yeah, Nate. I mean, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I like that kind of message. I, seriously, the only anime I've watched at all lately is... Um, is... Hero Mia, how do I say it? I think that's yeah, it. Hero Mia. Yeah, I fucking love that show, and I'm behind like four. I want to watch it. Probably next thing on my list. So good. Um, and that's not. I don't. I don't normally like. No, sorry, Hori Mia. Hori Mia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always mix letters. Um, is this the one with the secret himbo in it, or is that the other one? It's this that's, one. It's this one. Yes. Um, secret himbo. It's such a good show. I highly recommend it to anybody. And I'm not a fan normally of that kind of slice of life. The closest to a slice of life show I love is Fruits Basket. And that still mm -hmm. has people that when you hug them or they come in contact with people of the opposite sex, they uh, turn into animal. zodiac animals, including the dragon, which is still, <laughs> still disappointing. Whatever. Sounds like horse. a furry's wet dream. No. <laughs> weird don't fuck animals <laughs> like actual animals um because that's what they are they aren't like furry looking people they're they're actual animals uh mm -hmm. yeah I, yeah i want to get back to that i like i was saying i haven't watched many i i've been behind on anime i've been doing a lot of manga in comics catching up on comics um but game wise all i fucking play nate the only fucking game i play nate is Valheim. Uh, I see that you guys. Uh, I didn't watch the stream, but I saw you had a plan to tear down and rebuild the house. Oh, uh, Nate, you should check out the server. You... 
Um, yeah, you might want to hop on there. Uh, we, we had a long discussion and things happened. Good things. I'm going to go with good things. It was a good decision. It took a lot of work, but definitely worth it in my opinion. Don't I'm, do... I'm kind of letting y'all do your thing because I'm just gathering resources. Well, now, upside, I don't want to ruin the spot. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I want you to hop in and then Damien can explain it to you. Um, or I can, and you can, or you can just see it. Uh, you will have to go through the head, the boss heads portal. I'm going to tell you that now, probably. Maybe. No. Oh, I wonder what happens if you were on the top level and then you respawn where you were standing initially. Well, we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, I want to do some testing in general with that. Um, yeah. Why is it not? Are you doing it right now? Don't do it right now. <laughs> we're in the middle of the recording, Nate. Um, I'm sorry, what'd you say? God damn it. Uh, I, I don't even know. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend. I, I highly recommend. I, I fucking love Valheim. If you aren't playing Valheim, at least check it out see if it would be your kind of thing it really is i would like i was saying at one point i was fighting the it's viking minecraft it's very much minecraft um i was when we were actually trying to do layouts for the building i was counting blocks because i i wasn't thinking about it it really it really is like hey 10 by 10 oh i'm actually counting square blocks almost because okay. of the the actual when you put the tiles down it does create a boom square 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 uh and they highlight when you look at it um but it's so much fun i i am so glad that i'm playing it with people it definitely is a game that i don't think i would be enjoying as much without them um oh my god what are you in the game? in the game um so i was looking around right it spawned me by the way in the little farming plot there's not a farming plot outside this like tower looking thing oh hold on <laughs> I have, okay so i will say i've only played a certain amount of it with the new setup currently um there's a little area surrounded by stone and then there's like farming patches there um where's the volume mixer why is my volume mixer not showing Either way, I only logged in just to see what changed. I'm about to log back out. But. Okay. Uh, yeah, we may have gotten rid of the entire house, and we now are building individual houses for everybody. Um, you Gosh. get to build your own house. Na uh, da Damien went a little bit heavy on his house. Um, I went for a normal size house. I think my house is cute. Um, I haven't seen anything he's done. He sent me a couple of pictures. We've reinforced the entire wall with stone. Uh and I'm excited to get back into that. I don't know if I'm going to get in tonight, but in general, great game to play with friends. Um, and I just want to get back into it. Like, I'm like, fuck this podcast. Let's go <laughs> play Valheim. Um, no. Did you say no? <laughs> no, uh, I'm saying don't quit the podcast. Oh, okay. So, Nate, uh, we've now reached the point where... I mean, you can talk. Yeah, yeah. You talk about your games, but we're getting close to the point that you tell us about all the really depressing things in in news. Uh, <laughs> do we want to do the news stuff first? <laughs> yeah, we'll go through the depressing, annoying bullshit that I hate this. I hate this world. I hate. Right, I hate well, the world of gaming. Sometimes. Let me log out of Valheim. I had to stop a great root from breaking one of the walls. 
Um, <laughs> Damien's there. He'll take care of it. So, all right, news rapid fire time. Let's start <laughs> off with let's start off with the bottom one first because that's shorter. Um, so, Activision Blizzard recently gave Bobby Kotick, the head of Activision, um, a two hundred million dollar bonus <laughs> um, for for I guess being being a guy at a company. Um, <laughs> no, they they have Activision Blizzard have produced again record revenue um, this year. In even the wake of in that a pandemic, even during yes, a pandemic, even during a pandemic, in the wake of that, they've laid off 190 of their employees. And this is something that co- large companies often do: is the way that they are able to increase their revenue numbers is basically by paying as few people as possible <laughs> wages. Um, And it just sucks because the world of game development is already very tough. Game developers, basically, if you're creative and you work for a company as a creative, your life kind of sucks. Like, you would think your dream job is going to work at a company that produces a product from the work you do, from the artistic work you do. You would think, like, being a graphic designer, if you work at something like a sign company, for example, you would think that'd be awesome. You get to make your own signs. You get to work with the tools that you're used to working with. All that cool stuff, right? You get to do the thing you enjoy doing and make money doing it. The problem is, is it becomes tedious when, or becomes actually damaging, traumatic even, when the company that you're working for tells you, you know, we need you to put your nose to the grindstone 16 hours a day and just crank out work. Yeah. And we're going to pay you like the bottom, we're going to pay you as little as possible to actually do this. (laughs) There have been stories of game developers with unpaid overtime um you know companies trying to strip away benefits from these people all kinds of stuff but still asking them very much to please do your work and i'm sure like the praise that people get like a developer gets when a good game comes out and their fans really enjoy it i'm sure that's satisfying but it also doesn't put food in their stomach a roof over their head or clothes on their back yeah um and that's the thing is I mean, I, I would dare to say in the wake of like stuff we've been hearing about Amazon and stuff like that, the games industry is going the same way. Gaming developers need to get together and really consider unionizing at this point because this kind of stuff is going to keep happening to them. Mm-hmm. We recently saw it with CD Projekt Red and the release of Cyberpunk 2077. We're seeing it with Activision pretty much every year like clockwork. We've seen it with EA. Um you know, these large publishing companies are there to turn a profit. That is their goal. They don't really care about making games. Yeah. They would make anything else that they could make if there were a market for it that would allow them to turn a profit. Games just happen to be super profitable. And so because of that, they are doing everything they can to rake in those profits and rake in as much profit as possible. You have to consider that $200 million, right? This is a bonus that Bobby Kotick is going to be given. This is not his salary. This is not part of his overall compensation package. This is just money that the company is giving to him for what they think is doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Like, $200 million is life-changing money. Fractions of that are life-changing money for people. Oh, yeah. And to say, like, you deserve $200 million, but 190 of our employees don't <laughs> deserve shit is just a spit in the face to game developers everywhere. It's It's, just like, it's it's disgusting. It's absolutely atrocious. And, you know, of course, okay, we love our call of duties and we love Hearthstone and we love world of Warcraft and Starcraft and all these games that Activision and Blizzard put out. 
But you have to ask yourself at a certain point, like, is the cost worth it? Because now it's costing people their livelihoods in order to get these products out. Yeah. And that's that's just a terrible thing. I mean, at the end of the day, if if the game process, if the game making process can't be automated, we won't have video games anymore. Because companies are going to keep doing this shit because their only want, goal is to make a profit. That. I don't want automated <laughs> gaming. Yeah. Then we'll get really boring so, same game over and over. Oh, wait. More than likely. They'll probably just pine it off to AI technologies that can do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already seen what automated game game making looks like. It's every Unity asset rip you see on Steam. That's true. Um, but um, putting that aside, okay, we all know Activision's terrible company. Activision Blade a terrible company. Bobby Kotick's a terrible person. Mm -hmm. We get that. Um, here's a terrible person you may have not heard of. His name is Gilson. At least we suspect his name is this. Gilson B. Pontus. He makes games, and I use that term loosely here, that launch exclusively on the PlayStation Store. They are not available anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I use the term games loosely is a lot of his games are big empty landscapes that you walk through where you maybe have an attack or two. You maybe can kill a couple things in there. Your character will probably always die in one hit because <laughs> this guy doesn't know how to program health bars, apparently. Um, and... That's it. That's that's all of his games. Gotta be honest, that kind of sounds he's like got like that people fifteen really of like. these fucking. Well, he's got like fifteen of these goddamn things out. Yeah. There's no story to them. The graphics in them are absolutely atrocious. Everything about these is bad. Like everything about them is bad. I am. I could not tell you anything good about these games, even if I tried. God. Damn. Um. And so recently, Jim Sterling of the Jimquisition. You know, has a YouTube channel, very much likes to go after the industry and dirty practices amongst the community and things like that. He's very vocal, and he's caught yeah. a lot of heat being as vocal as he is. Years and years and years ago, he was sued by a company, Digital Homicide, which released very bad games on Steam. Um, they tried to sue him for something like $6 million. That lawsuit eventually got dismissed. Jim Sterling had to go through. They basically drug him through court in a sort of war of attrition. Like, if we keep bringing you to court, eventually you're going to give up and give us something. You're going to have to settle. Yeah. And Jim was just like, I'm yeah. not settling. Like, you guys are getting kicked in the nuts every single time you drag me to court. Um, and now it's sort of almost come to that point with Gilson B. Pontus. So what this Gilson guy did is he filed DMC claim, DMCA claims, Digital Millennium Copyright Act claims, against jim's videos featuring gilson's content in mm, those videos yeah he spread like the them out too for these people yeah so he spread them out over three days which ensured that jim got three strikes on his channel if you get three strikes three dmca strikes against your channel which are automatic under youtube's tos your entire channel will be pulled mm -hmm. you will just not have a channel so as soon as these started happening jim got on his computer right away and started emailing youtube like hey i believe my channel's under attack someone is filing these strikes against me i have proof that my works are fair use yeah tons and tons of my content is all over this platform we understand you've demonetized it you don't care about my content whatever but this channel is my livelihood and this guy is trying to attack that right now so i'm going to need you to try if you get any of this please do not suspend my channel because i need to get the word out about this guy yeah yeah jim's channel was still up thank god and Gilson basically failed at this. So what Gilson has been doing is running a harassment campaign against Jim. He keeps launching strikes against videos. 
He keeps trying to get other people from various communities to come out and attack Jim publicly. Um, all kinds of just nasty, dirty, underhanded shit. And the problem with Gilson is Gilson is a ghost. We call him Gilson B. Pontus because that's what the that's what his name is under the games he releases, but nobody knows who this guy really is. Yeah. Um and the problem with the way that DMCA works is in order to get a DMCA strike claim removed, you have to submit a bunch of personal information about yourself, but the person filing the strike has to give you nothing more than an email address usually. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous. So Jim basically had to dox himself to this guy, which already ramps up the harassment. Um, Wait, so you have to reveal it to the person that was... Yeah, you have to reveal it to the person who filed the strike against you. That makes no sense at all. Yes, exactly. So the person who filed the strike doesn't have to give you any information except a means of contact, which Mm -hmm. can be something like a phone number, an email address, just any way to get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, And so all Jim got was an email address from this guy. But Jim came out with a second video on the topic and said, like, hey, I've done this once before. If you really want to go to court, Gilson, you're going to lose there, too. Yeah. And he's like, you've lost in both ways. Like, I don't understand why you're doing this because you've lost in both ways. You lost because you tried to get my channel taken down, which already failed, and you're going to lose in court. So (laughs) he's like, Jim's basically just like, come at me. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Because he's he's fed up with it. Jim has had to deal with this kind of shit pretty much his entire career. And he gets that he's abrasive. He gets that he's inflammatory and things like that. But he does it for a good reason. Jim is one of the people I follow religiously on YouTube and throughout his other writings. Because he cares about the gaming industry. Yeah. He's very much a consumer advocate. He very much wants to see the industry change for the better. Better. He was the person who broke the story about Activision and Blizzard laying off 190 of their employees. Yeah. So he is very much in the know. He knows his research. He he literally focuses on the facts of the story and only editorializes to say that, hey, this obviously bad thing that's happening is obviously bad. Yeah. <laughs> um and that that's just that's just who he is. Like he's honestly a, a really good guy. And it sucks that people are just coming after him because he actually wants to speak truth to power and see things, see see a transformation occur. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people in the gaming community down at our level, like just the gamers, right, yeah. are just happy with the way things are. They just do not care because all they want is to play games and have positive news about their games. But there are realities out there that just aren't so sweet. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn to face those, especially as adult gamers, right? Because oh, yeah. we grew up in the generation where games became popular. And so it isn't just like, oh, well, let's let's just go grab our game, sit down, play it, have fun, whatever. Cool, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But understand that there is like a tertiary amount of blood on your hands <laughs> because you are still helping support a very toxic industry, not just of big companies and publishers but toxic people like gilson who make crap know they're making crap make a profit from that crap and then ruthlessly attack people who try to tell them that they're making crap (laughs) like and jim has already said as much he's like gilson like i don't care if you do this like the reason i called you out in the first place is i hope you would stop and learn to make better games (laughs) yeah And that's the same thing he did with Digital Homicide. He's like, I called you guys out because I wanted you to stop and try to make something better. You obviously have the resources to do it. You just won't. Because <laughs> you like making cheap games that'll make you money for now. 
and sometimes was Digital Homicide the one that made bad games, but also got a lot of press for other like something within the games, or was that somebody else? I, I think that was somebody else. But okay. Digital Homicide was one of the worst um, because through Steam's Greenlight Project, it was just very very easy to get oh, anything I you wanted. About in that. Um, the Greenlight Project was an awful awful thing. It was a um, good idea, just done poorly. Yeah. But I mean, I, I've seen I've seen people release stuff like this, and I even spoke to a game dev on Twitter a couple months ago, um, and she said like, "Yeah, a lot of game developers make crap," and I'm like, "I'm sure they do. Like a lot of creatives honestly make garbage, but it's all for the sake of practicing and perfecting hey, 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 the skill." I mean, we make some great content. I don't know. What you're talking about. <laughs> but either way, I'm just saying like anybody does this right any creative does this is if you're an artist like you are right you'll sit down and you write a drawing and you, you'll do a drawing you think it sucks whatever like that but you still gained some skill out of that drawing yeah. yeah like the same thing happens for people who are writers or artists of any kind or musicians is or game developers i made crap back in college when i was learning to make games but it was all with the understanding that yes your shit will look like crap right now you're not going to make a triple a project during your college years, yeah, but you are you learning do, the skills that will you. help you do that. <laughs> yeah, but they just—they were basically like, "Hey, you're learning the skills that are going to help you get there." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand if you make crap, but don't release it on the fucking PlayStation Store, and then don't defend it like it's God's gift to fucking yeah. humanity. Now, like, I, I will—I'm in a hundred percent support if you have like an idea. Say, like for instance, the whole was the, the guy that made Narbecular Drop. Um, which turned into, or the team that made Narbecular Drop that turned into Portal, put that shit out there. Put it out for free, but put it out yeah. there. Because that's how you get people to find you, and well, you get hired to make one of the greatest games in in yeah. gaming history, in my opinion. I mean, that's, that's how games start, though, is you start with a prototype, and you build off of that. But a lot of the stuff in between that prototype is just utter garbage. Like, it was just testing. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, if Narbecular Drop was was a good prototype that turned into Portal, sure. Release that to the public. I'm sure people would love to love to try it out. At least it gives them an insight of where their game came from. Yeah. Well, I'm talking um, about before you get the deal. I'm talking about, like, sites like, um... Oh, fuck. What is... Ah, uh, my mind is blanking. I doubt... Is it Ikcho? Ikto? My mind, hold on. I got this. itch itch.io that's it itch.io okay so that's a place where people can put up everything they want anything they make they can just put up there um and you can do it for free you can do it for pay but it's a lot of it is hey these are this is a concept i have a concept for a game check it out and some of them are fucking amazing some of them are sponge glock square pants um yeah (laughs) On the other hand, you have Super Imposter Bros, which is a really fun game from everything I've seen and heard about it. Um, you got Tadpole Tales. Are you looking at some of the random things that it's showing you? Uh, Saturn. Sponge Massacre. Scary SpongeBob horror game. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of horror games. Um, oh, here's one. I would actually check this out. Angerfoot. 
Yeah, oh. I see anger. <laughs> Let me add that to remember to play it's that. It's literally later. a game where you hold a gun and kick down doors. Yeah, you can kick people too. Oh god. Lightning fast, hard base. Hard bass? This time, oh, I remember. So this is the website that um, the fucking retail game came from. What was that game called? Retail Simulator? No, there's a retail game that's sort of like a horror game. I forget what it is, though. Is it King? It's not King of Retail. That's already on Steam. I mean, it could be. Who knows? It might have gotten big enough that it's now on Steam. That's like the dream for these kind of things, right? Is to go yes. from... No, Night of the Consumers, that's what it's called. Night of the Consumers, huh? That's yeah, so it's a game where you're working in a retail store, like a grocery store, right? And your job mostly is to stock shelves. The problem is, is all the customers in the game are just, like, horribly evil. And so what happens is if a customer spots you, sometimes they will chase you. And you have to try to run away and go hide in the back room or the bathroom or something like that. Oh, you can throw things at people? Yes. If they catch you, they're just going to shout at you, I want to speak to your manager, and they'll give you a test you have to complete within a certain amount of time. Oh, my God. And I... if you don't complete, or they won't say, I want to speak to your manager, they'll ask you to go find something or help them find something. I don't want to And so you, you have to go and get it for them, like, really, really fast. And if you don't, the store descends at a nighttime where you're walking around what appears to be an empty store. And the manager comes screaming through the store like a fucking bat out of hell. And if he catches you before you get to the back room, the game ends and it just goes, you're fired. He's just shaking in your oh face. Oh my violently. god, that's horrible. It is horrifying, but it is so good. Um... <laughs> nope, not my kind of game. I live that. Yes, it is It is absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, you have to make it to like one of the staff-only areas to even take a break to get away from people. Do you know where I um, go to take a break at work? My car, because the break yeah. room has a limit of like five, six people that you then have taken masks off. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll go to my car. Yep. You have to bring them to places they want to go in a very crazy taxi style of way. You get like a counter oh. of like. Uh, Do they jump jump in a, a grocery cart? Okay, that kind of. I would play that. I would play that. No, they don't jump in a grocery cart. But uh, they, the customers will consistently bother you while you're trying to do your job, and you have to get them to their destination super fast. They'll just shout at you, I want to talk to your manager. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. You weren't allowed to go to your car for a break? That's fucking ridiculous. Um, I, you know what? I actually I remember one of the grocery stores I worked at, they actually were like, you're not allowed to leave the premises for your break. I'm like, why? I'm off the clock. Or if you're on lunch, you're off the clock. Some places you stay on the clock for lunch, or not lunch. But... I don't know why they do that. It's like, what do you think I'm going to do? Fucking run away from my job? <laughs> I would. I, to be honest, if I had a car at some of those, there were some days that, that when I used to work at... um, probably I'm shops. sure, but it's like, okay, at that point, you're not worried about getting fired. You yeah, knew you were going to exactly. get fired if you came back from the yeah. big late, so... Like, no, what's gonna you, fucking you're not going to get fired for that. Well, no. Oh, they're but... afraid of people drinking. Guess what? The people drank at my stores. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to they didn't go to their car they hid it there well, um, funny story my current job we used to go out on happy hours usually before holidays and stuff mm. and so with this friday being a holiday um our cfo who worked in our office well she messaged us and she said we're gonna have a happy hour in the conference room at this time on thursday and we're like okay well it, are we gonna like bring alcohol or what's going on and she wouldn't give us any details and then <laughs> her and her husband went out and got a bunch of alcohol and brought it to our office that's great <laughs> <laughs> and was there anything else you wanted to wrap, run through before um just games we'll yeah, just jump into right. games 
I have not played any of these. I will admit, I, I like I, I think I said before we started recording, I started up Outriders, got distracted watching Invincible, and then, uh, mm. which I still haven't finished watching. I <laughs> that's why I didn't bring it up yet. Um, but yeah. Well, I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise, which is the newest installment in the Monster Hunter franchise. Um, changes things up a bit from what Monster Hunter World had in it. Mm -hmm. um, you now have these things called Wireflies. You start out with two of them on every hunt. You can pick up extras as you go, which deteriorate over time. But they are on a gauge, and so what happens is you use one, and it lets you do things like dash around, lets you grapple up walls and stuff like that. Oh, You, you can also use what are called silkbind moves on weapons, where... You have one silkbind move on every weapon that's a counter, so you'll put like a guard up, and if the monster hits you, you pull off a special move that does something for you or damages the monster very heavily. Um, and then you have just other silkbind moves with your weapons. I was using the longsword, which in Monster Hunter are not really longswords, they're just giant-ass katanas. Mm -hmm. um, and the silkbind move with that was my helmbreaker, which was a move you could only do specially in the other Monster Hunter games. Um, then now I'm using the gun lance, which lets me do sort of a rising slash that when I hit the ground will cool my weapon down, which I only really need to use after using its big damage attack, which is called Wyvern Fire. Um, but without getting into too many details about it, it is very much Monster Hunter fair. Go on a quest, hunt a big monster, capture or kill it, get parts from it, and craft new gear. Um, they added a new mode in it, which is sort of a horde mode called Rampage, where you're setting up defenses and stopping a bunch of monsters from breaking down a gate to your village. Always um, fun. And so those can be really fun or frustrating depending on who you're playing with. Um, besides that, um, I'll talk about Outriders last. I'll just go into this real quick. I went back to playing Brutal Legend <laughs> because it was on Game Pass and I've had it downloaded forever and never touched it. Um, I loved Brutal Legend. It's yeah. Double Fine was if I had to go back and pick a game developer that was my favorite at a time, it was definitely Double Fine. When they released they're what is now Iron Brigade, um they're not your I favorite loved... anymore. Well, it's not necessarily that my favorite. They just haven't made anything recently, I don't think. Mm, yeah, not really. Let's see what the last thing Double Fine made. Double Fine. I know they're working on things. I mean they did put out um Psychonauts. Yeah. Let's see. The last thing they put out. Last thing they put out was Rad. Yeah, Rad, them. Massive Chalice, which was not. It wasn't my kind of game. Um, mm -hmm. Headlander, fucking love the shit out of Headlander. Uh, Rad they, is a they fun made game. Massive Chalice. Yeah, Massive Chalice. Uh, stacking. I love stacking. I've never heard of Middle Manager of Justice. Uh, I have heard of The Cave. The Cave is a very weird game that I, I bought two versions of, and I never uh, played much of it. <laughs> so Iron Brigade was previously known as Trenched, and they lost the copyright to that name because someone else was using it. Yeah. Um, but Iron Brigade was one of my favorite games because I loved... I was very much an Armored Core, and I love like build-your-own-mech and go out and destroy stuff with it type of stuff. And that's what Iron Brigade was, but yeah. in a diesel-punk aesthetic. Um, with a very World War One, World War Two vibe, and I love that game, and it's still out, and it's still playable. Just nobody fucking plays it anymore. <laughs> um, but it was it was great. It was tower defense mixed with mech combat, and I loved everything about it. Double Fine makes really really good games, and it shows through Brutal Legends, but they also make really funny games. Oh yeah, 
And so in Brutal Legend, the opening scene when you first load up the game is actually a live action sort of skit with Jack Black in it because he voices the main character of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's him walking you into a record store and he's very, very hush-hush. He's like, oh, I'm going to show you something really awesome, something you've never seen before. It's legendary. Very few people have ever seen this record. Legendary. And he goes and looks for it and he puts it down and it's a record for Brutal Legend. And when he opens the cover, that's your start and continue menu. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yes. Um, then we get into the actual game where there's a scene at the very beginning where Eddie, the main character, is about to curse. And you get a little splash screen that shows up which says that you can opt Turn to keep off. it in, keep the foul language in. And then the other option is it's funnier if you bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's another splash screen that shows up for gore in the game that lets you turn that order off. And it's like you can have all the gore and it says like only when it's really awesome was the option to keep it on. Yeah. So they get very creative with their writing, even in the menus. Um, but you... You meet a lot of the legends of metal in the game. Yeah. Um, Are they voiced by actual metal people? They're, they're voiced by actual metal people. The guy you meet in the Motor Forge, which is where you go to upgrade your stuff, he's called the Guardian of Metal in the game. That is Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, wow. Um, you go and you go up to a mountaintop to meet this guy called the Killmaster, who's actually a healer. He heals people with a giant bass guitar setup thing. <laughs> it's Eddie Riggs from Motorhead. Or, oh, sorry, wow. not Eddie Riggs. It's Lemmy. Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah. Eddie Riggs is the name of the main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, but it's it's Lemmy from uh, Motorhead, and that is his voice. That's great. Um, and I believe they got him to actually play the bass lines you hear in the cutscene. But uh, besides that, it's got a great metal soundtrack that has made me fall in love with old-school heavy metal all over again. I want to get that whole entire soundtrack and play it in my car for like a month. I'm sure they have it everywhere. <laughs> um. But no, it, it, it's it's a really really good game, and I feel like I feel like the problem with Double Fine is a lot of their games are just lost to time. Yeah, well, they don't have staying power. I remember that game. There were parts of that game I wanted to check out, or I wanted to try it out. But I also remember that being one of those weird games where it like had so many different. They threw in like so many different game mechanics. Because um, there's a was it isn't it at one point there's an RTS po- portion. Yeah. It starts off very much as a action adventure title with some yeah. elements thrown in. Like you can group up with these guys called the headbangers, which you rescue, which are just literally dudes who crack rocks with their skulls. <laughs> um, they were forced to go work in a mine. And you kind of liberate them. Um, so they're part of your team. They're like the first units you get. And then later on you get more and more units and then it takes you into an RTS style battle kind of thing. Yeah, which has admittedly very clunky controls. It's very difficult to get used to and get good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mostly just about putting the right units in the right places and countering enemy types. Yeah. Um, so once you get to that point, it's fine. But it has an open world that you can drive through with a car. Um, a lot of side quest stuff in it that have other interesting characters in them. So. Just a really awesome game, honestly. And like I said, it's one of those games that's kind of lost to time at this point. If I brought it up now, just like in a conversation, people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? i never heard of that. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's unfortunately the nature of Double Fine Games is they kind of make one-hit wonders, which is not a bad thing. It's great that they've given us these excellent titles. Oh, yeah. And then Psychonauts 2 is supposed to come out later this year, so. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that comes out and is as beloved and sells as well, or not better better than the original because that's a game that i have barely played at all 
and I I really enjoyed what I have played of it. It's fucking the main character's voiced by uh, Richard Horwitz, the voice of Zim. Um, mm. And it's and it's just also working on uh, Hell of a Boss right now. Who's the what what? Oh Richard yeah, 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 I remember you saying that. Hell of a so with, that one, nothing has happened with those yet, right? Actually, yes. Hell of a Boss has released episodes. They're up to episode four. Oh really? Yeah. But isn't the main one has been Hotel? The main one was supposed to be has been Hotel. I think what they're waiting on on has been Hotel is there were rumors of a possible TV deal. Oh, fuck TV. Um, or at least a syndication deal. Mm-hmm. Like, we want this to be on our platform as a syndicated project and not yeah. just as an indie thing. And, you know, even though it started off as an indie project, it's like the people who worked on the show really could use that money <laughs> to oh, make yeah. it even better. But um, I, would, I wish that somebody would pick it up, like, on a platform that they could do whatever they wanted, not have to worry about, like, the Well, normal... I think with me... I think the difference and the reason why they've done more Hell of a Boss than Hasbro Hotel is Hasbro Hotel is supposed to be focused on this very overarching story plot storyline mm-hmm. of you know fixing up this hotel and redeeming characters, and they yeah. probably want to spend a lot more time with those characters. Hell of a Boss lends itself to the more skittish type of thing, where it's just we're going to do like we're gonna have a funny premise for an episode, and we're going to build on that. Yeah, um, which they did, and they've actually introduced a lot of the other characters in the franchise to that. You get to see Stolas again. You get to see Stolas's daughter in episode two. I don't know who um, any of these people are. Stolas was originally voiced by Brock Baker. Um, who was a voice actor and impressionist who came up on YouTube early on. Um, mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, just just a great Great work that they're doing. Hell of a Boss has been hilarious through and through. It's a hell of a show. And uh, who knows what they're going to end up doing with Has Been. Um, but the fandom is still around. The fandom still exploded. I've seen more Alistair cosplays and I could shake an actual And I, I'll say, uh, what, as dumb as it sounds, what I hope actually boosts it a little bit, in it more than it already is, um, there is a game theory. There, he, there's a film theory about the show. Um, and as dumb as it sounds, I feel like he does have that kind of draw that he could bring more eyes to something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, who knows? That'd be great. Get more people on. Watch watch shows. Good shows. Make it shows happen. It's, it's definitely a project that deserves all the support it can possibly get at this point. Like There's nothing, nothing I do not like about either show yeah um they're just they're amazing they they have good characterization they have good drama they have good action um they're they're hilarious <laughs> all the way through um and you get to know who these characters are and what they're really about and even see some of the underlying trauma that is the reason why they're either in hell or, or just a part of hell because yeah. in hell of a boss you just have imps and hellhounds um you get to meet some succubi later on. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you get to meet insane. a lot of demons. You get to meet a lot of people who are now demons because they've been sent to hell. It's all very interesting. Um, But, yeah, that's that's it for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I keep I have opened up the Space Jam 2 first trailer came out, and I have not watched it yet, and I'm ready to hate oh, it. Oh, boy. Um, so am I. Is apparently they're getting transported to a CG universe. Yeah, I mean, definitely they look at. Um, 
Yeah, I know. Space Jam. Here's the thing. My only like, because I'm not a big Space Jam fan, um, which is surprising for someone like me, because I love cartoons and when they work well with live action. And it does. I think (laughs) Space Jam is a great movie for what it is, not because Mm. it's a movie that I like. Um, But it's not Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And that's, again, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, pinnacle. We haven't hit that again yet. We've never been able to hit that, in my opinion. But, through my own theory, Space Jam was part of that same universe. Um, Space Jam... I'm sorry. LeBron James' hair has never looked so fucking clean that it was going to be in this movie. (laughs) He has never done this with his hair before. And now they're like, oh, well, you're going to be in a movie, so shape up. Well, so that's actually... I saw a couple of people talk about, not what he looks like, but the fact that the movie works with, or Space Jam worked with Michael Jordan because it was very much a, hey, he was at the top of the game, got, it was mm-hmm. NBA star, boom, boom, everybody loved him. Um, and then he became minor league, right? Minor league baseball player? Yes. Shit. Very Shit player. Nobody cares. Ball. Nobody cared. About, he was on a down, like, people loved him, but. Um, he just wanted to play baseball because it's what his dad did. Rockadoodle is a fantastic movie, but is Rockadoodle mixed with live action? I don't know. I haven't seen Rockadoodle in such a long time. Once nineteen ninety one film. Have you ever seen Rockadoodle? I'm pretty sure Rockadoodle is just animation. It's a live action slash animated. Is musical. it live action? Wow, that's been such a long time. Now I need to rewatch Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle is fucking fantastic. Um. It's also Don Bluth, and Don Bluth is fucking... I love Don Bluth movies. Um, oh, so good. Now I want to... God damn it. I'm going to go watch all of the things. Uh, Space Jam only works... Oh, beginning and end. Okay. Uh, Space Jam only works the way it does is because you have a character that was the best, has mm-hmm. something... The, he has fallen from quote-unquote grace, um, mm-hmm. and kind of has something to prove. Or yeah. to, to, not to other people, to himself again. Um, and it kind of matches with the world that he's in that the the Looney Tunes also kind of have to do that. Um, LeBron James hasn't had that. LeBron James doesn't need to prove shit. I don't know if he's still a great player. I don't know anything about he's basketball. He's um, still a very great player. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I don't know a lot about basketball, but I do know LeBron James. Is it's like, like hey, I'm now. a great ball player. Give me animated cartoon movie, please. <laughs> Let me be in the ranks of such amazing people as Michael Jordan and Bob Hoskins. Because um, there's only two. No more. <laughs> oh, and Brad Pitt. I forgot about Brad Pitt. Um I don't know if anybody's seen that. If anybody knows about that movie, I can't remember what it's called right now. The one where he fucks a cartoon. No. Brad Pitt cartoon movie. I'm going to shit, but I can get it before. Oh, Cool World. Cool World. 1992 American live action animated black comedy fantasy film. Yeah, that is a movie. It's not good. Not good. <laughs> um, how the fuck did we? God damn it. We're on the weirdest train of thought sometimes we are anyway we're gonna wrap this up thank you for joining us on another episode of space time taco as always if you like what you hear or see in what we do you can follow us on all the social media 
follow everything at Space Time Taco, not Talco. That's the name of the show. Um, <laughs> uh, and you find me everywhere as Time Lord Brito. You can find him at. No, I fixed the camera, so I'm pointing the wrong way now. You find him everywhere at some variation of a little teapot. We're working on it. <laughs> Go inside and play video games. Night night. <laughs>